This is the Fail Fast Podcast. Stories of entrepreneurs who looked at failure in the eyes and didn't give up. With your host, the online sales master, Quinn Amorum. Hello and welcome to the Fail Fast Podcast. This is Quinn Amorum and you are listening to the top five most downloaded episodes of 2018. I'm going to jump right into it. And number five, Richard Kaufman. Richard, he was in the U.S. Army for 23 years. He went from being homeless, drug addiction, to being kicked out of the Army, went back, spent 23 years, and became a tank commander. Well, I mean, when you first start out, you're a driver, and then you become a loader, and then you become a gunner, and then you become a tank commander. So at the end of the, at the end of my career, I was a tank commander, not not the whole time. Tank commander is pretty much in charge of the whole vehicle. So in case you have to fire upon somebody, you're the last one to make the last judgment call, and you're in charge of three other three other soldiers in your in your tank. You become like family. So you became pretty much you become the patriarch of the tank, pretty much. At the age of seventeen, Richard joined the army, only to be kicked out two years later because of his addiction and this is when richard became homeless and lived out of his car well actually when i when i joined the army back in 1986 yeah i'm old i'm really old uh you were able to join the military at 17 without having the ged so i joined at 17 and i shipped a couple weeks later and then i stayed for two years and i got kicked out uh, because of my my addiction and alcoholism came home and my mom offered me to live with her but i wanted to do my own thing so i ended up being homeless and, you know even though i had a job i just ended up spending all of my, my money and i was living in a car and it was all my own doing it was nobody else it was just me being a knucklehead how did you clean up was it all on your own did you get some support you know what happened was um, the first job i got out when i got in the military was a bartender so being an alcoholic and being a bartender, uh, the school that I was going to, they had a friend of theirs. They wanted me to bartend at his, uh, his bar on New Year's Eve. He happened to be a, a police officer. So I bartended, and I guess I was drinking drink for drink with the customers, and I ended up with like $5,000 in my pocket the next morning. It ended up I, uh, I took all the money out of the register. So he came. Um, Locked me up. My aunt had to come and bail me out. And he told me, well, you can either go to jail or you could start going to the program. So I had to do 90 meetings in 90 days. And I did it. And I've been clean and sober ever since. Very good. And how long ago was that? That was in 1989, 88, 89, somewhere on there. That's right. 30 years Richard has been clean. And now he made it his job to help other veterans stay clean. Well, the funny thing is, like, I, I've been running a, a general nutrition center in New Jersey for, like, the last, going on 10 years this month. So I meet a lot of people through there. And then um, I was talking to a friend of mine. I did my first pod, podcast about a month ago with my friend Donnie. And he's like, shit, dude, you got a serious story. He's like, you need to get it out there. He's like, you know how many people you could probably help? So that's when I started doing podcasts. But I also uh, – go into prisons and I've gone into um, rehabs and speak people, you know, rehab people are going in, into rehab or they're stuck there in rehab. So they got, a, 
sometimes they just have to listen to you, you know? Yeah. So, so I go to rehabs and as much as I can to speak. And how you work, your focus is now sports and nutrition foods. Is that right? Yeah. Well, that's, that's what I'm, I'm currently doing for a living right now. Uh, that, that's what I, I'm doing right now. Eventually I'm going to get out to probably just do more of, you know, going into uh, rehabs, going talking to people, doing different speaking events and at like veterans affairs. At the time of this interview, Richard was in the process of writing a book. Uh, since then, he has launched this book and it is available now on Amazon.com. You can check it out. It is called A Hero's Journey from Darkness to Light. So make your way to Amazon. Do a search for A Hero's Journey from Darkness to Light. And I'll have the link on it for it on the show notes. Uh, have a look at it. Check it out. Read it. And then make sure to leave a review as well. Thank you very much. Let's carry on to number four. In position number four, Mia Matlievski, an entrepreneur from Europe that during the crisis of 2008-2009 lost about $20 million in a period of one week. Nowadays, Mia knows why he did it, why he lost all that money, but at the time, he did not. First thing was that failure happened to me and it was pretty massive failure. Um, as I told you, um, <clears throat> I had four... Uh, successful companies and then um, well there are many reasons why I ended up going bankrupt so um, just to name few so um, I was not thankful I was not humble I was not grateful uh, and then I thought that I know it all I was too cocky too self-confident um, didn't go and find the right uh, help or uh, people when I needed it I thought I can manage it all by myself and uh, all those uh, events led and then the financial crisis that hit Europe in roughly 2009 uh, led to what happened in December of 2009 and it was me going from 12.5 million euros which is let's say roughly 13 and a half million US uh, all the way to minus 3.6 million euros, again, roughly around 4 million US. So I lost about 16 million euros personally. What happens next is real life. It's not a pretty story like a movie. Mia actually got into a very big depression and decided to end his own life. I went into a huge depression. Uh, I was constantly fighting anxiety, huge stress levels. Um, just darkness within me, darkness outside of me. Uh, I came very, very, very close uh, to committing a suicide. Um, and then at that exact moment, uh, I got this flash in my head and I found my why. And my why was actually my mom because at that point, uh, she was only living relative I had. My father died many years ago. My grandparents were already dead. So. Um, just quick story, she would lose all her possessions, stay uh, homeless, and, and that was pain that was even bigger than what I was going through daily because creating a suicide felt like a lesser pain. I mean, yeah, it would probably hurt at that moment, but then it's gone, mm -hmm. you're gone. And, and that felt like almost enjoyable 
considering the daily pain of depression, anxiety, you know, creditors calling you daily, ex-suppliers, ex-employees, and so on. I mean, those were some huge, huge pains. Um, and, and yeah, ending it all felt like almost like a pleasure con comparing to what I was going through daily. How crazy is that? The fact that you get to think that killing yourself would be better than the pain that you're going through daily. It's just a situation that blows my mind how bad depression can, can grab somebody and really change your mind and, and see things that it's just, it, it actually really blows my mind. But that was 10 years ago. And since then, Mia has paid up completely his debt and he is back in business. And since this is the Fail Fast podcast, I asked him what did he feel about failure and what did he learn about his own? Always be humble and be grateful. Um, that, that's one lesson because if you stay humble, um, you know, you, you will be able to realize when you are challenged with something you are really good at or maybe challenged with something that you have no clue about so you need to ask for help or find help. Um, so one is humble and grateful. And the other one is obviously uh, how I view now failure and how I actually embrace failure. And now I'm even sad if for a few days I don't fail at something because that, that signals to my head like, oh, you're not pushing yourself. You're, you're not trying hard enough. So it's almost kind of feels like I'm slacking off. And that's the truth. If you don't fail every so often, some small failures, it does mean you are not trying hard enough. You are not jumping outside of that comfort zone and just making things happening. And right now, what I'm about to make happen is position number three. Position number three was episode number 18 with Arthur Karmazi. Arthur is the best-selling author with 11 books, and he specializes in psychological leadership. I managed to convince this company to uh, open an office in Korea. Okay, now the reason that I wanted to go to Korea was because I had met this girl, and so I needed to find a way to get to Korea and 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 actually have a job, right? So I managed to uh, to convince this company to open a branch in Korea. So I was the managing director of this company. So anyway, um, it turns out that I was really good at this job, and it was much more of a hands-on kind of thing, and. Um, so I thought, wow, you know, like my shit don't stink. Sorry, can I say that? Okay. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so, so yeah, because, because I, I became so successful at that, everything that we worked on was successful. So, I, you know, I, I st my head started to get really, really big. So Arthur had an idea. If I'm getting all this business for this company, why wouldn't I get some for myself? And I thought, well, damn, I'm doing this for these other guys. So I, I should be able to do this for myself. So I had this one idea and I thought, hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to bring my own, this, this franchise that I made for other people, I'm going to create one for myself and I'm going to put it and I'm going to do this one in Singapore because this one at the time was in Korea when I was doing all these different things. Take all my money and I borrow another half a million dollars to build this whole franchise thing and everything else in Singapore. Now Arthur has all his money invested in this plus he borrowed half a million dollars. If you think business is going to go smooth, you're wrong. Something is about to happen. 
And because literally, I mean, I felt like I am just too awesome. You know, the whole leadership elements that would normally go into creating a business and developing a business and getting people engaged and all that stuff went out the window because mm. I knew everything, right? Because I was too awesome. And, um, and so, uh, literally, I mean, I, you know, we, we ended up losing, I, I got these accounts because I was pretty good at the sales side and everything else. And, and then we'd lose them because I wasn't a good leader. And then, you know, eventually within a year and a half, not only, um, was, you know, the, the business closed, but I was a half a million dollars in debt. Now, Arthur is half a million dollars in debt. That's no joke. But I see a common thread here. Just like on number four here, Mia Matlievesky, Arthur also thought he knew it all. Could this be something common between entrepreneurs? Because, you know, sometimes it's so easy to blame people, right? I mean, it's just so easy to just say, oh, it's because of them. It's because my problems are because of them. My problems are because I'm not getting, you know, the support or the money or whatever it is for my department or for my company or for whatever. It's so easy to just blame other people. And I realize these people, they're, they're, all, they're, all, they're all sucked into the same culture. So it's, it's the environment that is affecting them. So I'm thinking, damn, well, if, if, this is, if the environment is affecting them, it's affecting me. So this is something bigger. And talking about bigger, Arthur went to do bigger and better things with his life. He is now an elite business leadership coach. He's a TED Talker. And he also has this formula where you can see the color of each person's brain. And this is something that really fascinated me because everything that he said about that was true. So you make sure to listen to this episode number 18 and hear the explanation that Arthur Karamazzi has to say. Yeah, green brain, which is chaotic processing, they get clarity by taking action. So they actually have to start moving around and taking action and stuff and they, you know, and, and you're green brain, okay? You're the kind of, I can see it, you know, I mean, just the way you talk to me and everything else, you know, you are a chaotic processor, which basically means that everything in your brain, well, actually nothing in your brain is connected, right? <laughs> so in order to actually connect stuff, it's like, oh wait, you know, it's like you take this over here, you take this, which also can make you very creative because you don't need anything to be creative with. So some people probably say, oh, dude, you're really creative, okay? Because they see it that you don't, you start with nothing and suddenly you have this idea. Talking about ideas, I have one. Let's introduce you to position number two with Srinivas Kilambi. Srinivas was CFO of the Tata Group, which is a $100 billion per year company. Yes, billion with a B. Srinivas was also the CEO of Renmactix Inc. He was president and CEO of the Reliance Bio Refinery. He did successful IPOs with over $100 million raised, including a green shoe. And he actually got investment from Bill Gates, John Doerr, and Bill Joy. Right, so I'm, I'm a PhD in chemical engineering and a CFA, Chartered Financial Analyst. I have about 25 years experience in chemical, bioenergy, and in AI machine learning. I have about 25 plus worldwide patents and 20 more pending and basically have been in five startups uh, apart from my stints in corporate world and uh, one startup uh, two of them went to us ipo but one i was the chief technology officer one i was the chief advisor 
Uh, two got acquired and one didn't go well. And so I've seen the good, bad, and the ugly side of startup world. And um, and basically, I was also, as Quinn uh, rightly said, uh, chief scientific officer of Tala Group. And I was also the chief executive officer of Reliance Industries. Reliance Industries is the other $100 million company, $100 billion company of India, the second pillar of, of the economy. So I was heading the bioenergy group of Reliance and science and knowledge management of Tata. Srinivas has founded yet another company. This one is DXiology. And what it does is a proprietary algorithm that tracks and increases conversions on any website using machine learning and AI. So DXI stands for a proprietary algorithm, which I and my partner, David Das, co-invented, which can actually measure and quantify. The most important part is quantify the subjective behavior of every visitor on a website or a mobile app or a social media. So, so if you go to a website, every person has a different level of engagement, different experience. What we have done is taken this art into a science and into mathematics and actually can take on all these 50 or 100 variables uh, which represent an engagement like time on page, number of times visited, is it a new visitor or old visitor, what did you search, how many times you search, what did you exit, how long you were there, all of that. And we attach dynamic weights based on your each engagement. So weights are attached dynamically to each variable. And by some magic algorithm which we invented, it all converges to one number between zero to 100. So basically, higher the, higher the score, more is the engagement you had on the website. Now, what's the premise? Why, why is it useful? Okay, great. So I know that a lot of people have a, my overall engagement is 30, but a thousand people, a uh, hundred of them had a score of about 50 and so on. So what does it do for me? That is the digital experience index combination of machine learning and artificial intelligence to increase sales in any website that is a dream come true but now let's jump into position number one and in number one the top of our list we have vin clancy vin is the world's most infamous growth hacker he's been featured in publications like buzzfeed fortune daily telegraph new statement Wired, Vice, Inc., you name it, he's been there. But who is Vin Clancy and what the heck is growth hacking? So growth hacking is nothing to do with like hacking computers. It is uh, hacking growth. So like a shortcut for growth. So if you had something in your bathroom that you didn't want the plumber to fix and you put sellotape on it and it does the job, that's a hack. So I find hacks that work in order to grow your business and I tell the world about them. There are hacks to get more traffic to your website, to close more sales leads, to grow your Instagram followers. So I detail how to do all of that and then teach the world about it. Just last year, Vin launched a book that made $10,000 in the very first hour. But not too long ago, Vin was living off welfare in the UK. So yeah, so we'd be cooking. We didn't have any gas in the apartment either. So we're cooking on an electric cooker and the heating dies and then that's it. It's like the food stops cooking. So that happened a lot. So we had to go down. So I, I would carry my change jar of pennies down to 
uh, put like 13, seven pounds once I remember putting on, uh, on electricity because that's all I had to put electricity in my house. So that's when I started Planet Ivy. Um, that, that was the point when I started my first company uh, and it was just pure hustle. I had, an, I had a dream where I would create something where the writers would be stars, not musicians. And uh, I called up every university in the country and saying, you should write for my magazine. You'll get editorial feedback and it's a, a good platform for you. Uh, and second week, we had 25,000 visitors. After six months, we had 300,000 visitors a month. And around that time, we, uh, we gave a talk uh, in Google Campus in London. Someone who had just left Facebook saw us, introduced us to free investors, uh, and two of, us, two of them gave us a quarter million dollars. And uh, I was literally off welfare from one day to the next. I was out of debt, plus positive, uh, literally overnight. And one of the great things about Vin is the fact that he shares openly all the hacks that he knows. So, so some of the best growth hacks that I've seen work the most powerfully right now um, is still cold email. Um, so particularly if you're based in the United States, you can use something like find that lead to find as many people's email addresses basically from anywhere on the internet. Uh, Rebump is a tool that will help with your sales follow-ups. Uh, so it's a Gmail tool. If you email someone and they do not get back to you, Rebump will email them every 24 hours forever. Um, another growth hack um, I've seen work really well uh, is Fame Pocket. So Fame Pocket is an Instagram shout-outs group. Mm -hmm. So you can get lots of likes and comments on your Instagram post when it goes live. Um, and through this, it shows up in the algorithm a lot more and a lot more people see it. Um, so those are three that tend to work really well, regardless of what niche you're in. But there's really hundreds, and that's what my last book, Ace the Game, uh, The 100 Best Growth Hacks in the World, was about. Um, there's a ton of different things you can do. It's just about trying them and finding the ones that are right for you. Vin wrote and self-published a couple books that generated a few hundred thousand dollars. He shares with us a great technique he used to generate some of those sales. When you're publishing a book, it's either for money or for fame. So if it's for fame, you do a book publisher, you only keep 10% of the money, they keep the other 90%, but in theory, if it goes well and hits the New York Times bestsellers list, you, you, know, you, you build your brand. Uh, but uh, I was all about money. So for the first book, uh, well, for both books, how we launched it is we did a viral queue. So that is we sent all of our email list and our social media followers to a landing page. Uh, which said, uh, this is the pre-launch queue for the book. Give us your email, sign in. And then if you share this with your friends, if you like us on Facebook, if you follow us on Twitter, you get points. Whoever gets the most points wins the competition. And the tips keep pouring in over and over and over. So make sure to listen to this. This was the number one most downloaded episode in 2018. It was episode number 18 with Van Clancy. Used, if you have a killer product, like a random Kickstarter product that just happens to do well, yes, you can immediately get an ROI on ads. But for everyone else, it's really hard to get right. And uh, I'll tell you another one, affiliates. It, it, the, the learning curve to get affiliates to sell your stuff is unreal. If you don't have a massive uh, email list, you can't get in the door. I couldn't even get on the affiliate platforms for Ace the Game right now. So... My point is I, I focus on things that anyone can do and will immediately get them traffic and will immediately get them sales. So I'm not saying these other things don't work, but there's a very steep learning curve to them. 
And of course, Facebook ads are how any company scales. So I, I am a big fan of Facebook ads. For people at the start of their journey, you know, if we're being real here, they just don't work for most people. That was it for the most downloaded episodes of 2018. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review, subscribe, and stick with us for the whole year of 2019. Thanks for subscribing to FailFast Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and visit failfastpodcast.com for show notes, Quinn's social media, or even to tell us your story.